0: Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. As you know, many people have God almost entirely wrong. Not many people know that God is very approachable and personal. He even went so far as to become a man in the person of Jesus Christ. As we approach Him and get to know Him, we learn more and more about the character of God, But that is not something the Lord wants us to keep to ourselves. The Lord wants us to know that the world needs our Savior, and it needs your faith as well. This is not meant to make you feel guilty, but rather to inspire you. So let's join Pastor Jim in part two of his message, The World Needs You Right Now. The good news of the gospel is
1: if today... You will turn to God if you're not a follower of Jesus and put your trust in Jesus. God will change your eternal destiny. He will help you change how you are living. And he will do that by helping you to walk in the way of Jesus. Now, I know that today, over the the hardness and difficulties of life, A lot of people have lost that vision. But when we lose that vision walking in the way of Jesus for ourselves, it's important to understand that we've also lost it for our friends and our family and our coworkers and that world often sees that we have lost the vision to walk in the way of Jesus, they often see it that we've lost it before we see it, that we are on the downward slope. So as we come to verse 20, the Lord invites Abraham into another conversation from Abraham's righteous living and teaching his children and his people about righteous living to his involvement with the world people who are not living that way. He says, verse 20, and the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, some of your verses say their sin is extremely serious, verse 21, he says, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me, and if not, I will know. So God says, I've heard up in heaven an outcry from people who have been outcrying against the injustices of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, not thankful that God saved them from the wicked kings. They're going out there doing the same thing to other people. And God says, I'm going to go down to the place and I'm going to take a look for myself. Verse 22. Then the men turned away from there and went to Sodom, went towards Sodom. But now notice this picture the scene. But Abraham stood still before the Lord. So now Abraham and God are just standing there face to face. Now, sometimes people say, Oh, there's a contradiction in the Bible. No one has seen God and lived. It says it's okay when he's taken on certain forms. So he is inviting Abraham into the process, if you will. He is inviting Abraham to get involved. He's inviting Abraham to discuss the situation and to pray. But he's also going to lead Abraham to really what looks to us like a negotiation at the flea market which is probably one of the greater theological places in the entirety of the Old Testament. Verse 20, the Lord says, I've heard about their sin. Then he says, well, I'm going to go take a look for myself. Now you might go, doesn't God know? Of course he knows. Of course he knows. But he's teaching Abraham. So Abraham can teach it to others. And I think the point is also an example for us. God does not overreact. Sometimes we hear about the wrath of God and we're thinking, oh, God's throwing a temper tantrum. There he goes, throwing stuff all over the house, breaking things. You know, don't break that. Insurance won't cover it. He it can't do that. No, God doesn't overreact. He doesn't just believe what one person says like we do without investigation into the facts. And how often people question God's judgment and actions, yet forgetting he knows all of the facts before he acts. And that's what's going on here. Again, Sodom had already been saved by God through Abraham when the evil kings invaded, but they had already forgotten what the Lord had done for them. It's possible the Lord is saying to Abraham, listen, man, you know what's going on, but you know what you're doing? You're avoiding it. Oh, that may have hurt some of us, right? We know what's going on, but we're avoiding the tough conversation maybe we need to have. We avoid it. That's a real look in the mirror one for me. Over last year. And so he says, you avoid it, it's too late. Now's the time for you to get involved. Now, if I could defend Abraham a little bit, I will say this, and this is a concept that's important to remember, that truly godly people are much more aware of their own sin than the sin of other people. You know, the guy who's always walking around pointing out the sin of everybody else, ungodly. As soon as you hear that, ungodly. Godly people are much more aware of their own sin, which makes them at times too lenient and gracious to a fault. They'll they'll talk to God about their own sin a lot, but they won't talk too much to God about the sin of other people. And notice, who starts the conversation? The Lord. The Lord. The Lord starts with prayer. Basically, it's the two of them alone. That's what prayer is about. God's word and prayer. He says, okay, angels, take a walk, take a hike. Abraham and I need to spend some time together. We need to have some quiet time. And we need to talk about what's going on. And so the Lord starts him off with time alone. Why? To change Abraham's heart and to change our hearts towards the world. The fact is, is that God's blessing, the people of earth, often and maybe even most often comes through his people on earth as we walk in the way of Jesus. Jesus. We've said it so many times before. So many of us can, can track our, our coming to faith to one or two people who just blessed us. And, and God blesses people in the world through his people. Now let me ask you a question. Do you see Jesus here? He's in heaven. And the outcry from earth of the sin and injustice of earth reached heaven and Jesus came and he walked towards Sodom. He walked towards the United States. He walked toward the world. He walked towards you. He walked towards me. And he said, I'm going to get involved in the messiness of your life because that's the only way. That's the only way. Do you see here the incredible approachability of God, which scripture teaches is available to anyone who will put their trust in Jesus? We often say there are are many ways to Jesus, but there's only one way to God, and that is through Jesus. Do, Do you see the certainty here in this situation If you know what comes next, the the certainty of being a man or woman of faith that you are protected by God eternally versus the uncertainty of walking in the way of self. Well, that's number one. The world needs your righteousness. We are to live, walk in the way of Jesus and teach others about it. And it needs our involvement. We need to get involved in the messiness of people. Number two, The world needs your Savior and your faith. And the world needs your Savior and your faith when? Now. Now. Specifically, your faith in the character of God. Verse 23. And Abraham Abraham came near and said, now Abraham's getting up, he's kind of getting up in God's face a little here. Would you also destroy Some versions I love this say, most versions say this say, sweep away. I love that. Like God, would you like, just got to sweep away like you do the dust. Would you also destroy or sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place? Would you also sweep it away, God, and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? He says, hey, if there's 50 righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah, would you spare the place? Verse 25, amazing verse, amazing. Far be it from you, this is not in keeping with your character, we might say. Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay or to kill the righteous with the wicked. So that the righteous, you might want to underline this, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. You would never do that. You would never do that, God. I know that about you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Well, he, I know you! I know you. You always do the right thing. To be honest, Of this entire text, this, that we're going through this morning, this is where I had the most trouble. Because this is a whole message or two or three just in and of itself. And you're like, I don't get it. Just my mind just explodes sometimes when I start to really, it really happens with me when I put a pen in my hand and I start underlining things and I'm going, why would he say that? Why would he say that? Why would he say that? Abraham, right here is pointing us to Jesus. He's standing in front of God. He's not only pointing us to Jesus to come, but he's he's if you will, he is acting as Jesus. He he is standing right in front of God representing the righteous people of God, but he's also he's also trying to save the wicked people of Sodom. Now, When you read the prophets, you will often hear them praying for the errant, the wayward Israelites. But you don't hear them praying for the wicked people that are oppressing God's people. It would only be Jesus who would say, love your enemy. And so he is praying for the the righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah. And he's also saying, don't destroy the place. Now I'm gonna open up a can of worms, but because of time, I'm gonna close it quickly. In many cultures, if a family commits sin, the whole family suffers for it. The whole family pays for it. And not just the immediate family It can go on for generations. This is what we call collective guilt. This is why we see a lot of times in the Bible, there is the individual component of faith, but we see God judging nations. And sometimes when God judges a nation, innocent people are swept up in the judgment. So we call this collective guilt. Let me give you an example. Let's think Germany, World War II. Sometimes we say the expression was like, well, that's like Germany in World War II. Not everybody was guilty. There were godly people living there. There were people that didn't really know much of what was going on. There was kids. There was Not everybody was, was, was guilty. Yet, there was great consequences for the people living in Germany at that time. There was great consequences for their Nation. Now, there's other examples throughout history that took place over a much longer period of time. So now I'm going to open the can of worms and I'm going to close it quickly. In our American individualistic culture, we hear that and what do we say? No way. No way. No way. I am not responsible for what other people in my family do. I'm not responsible for what other people in my church do. I'm not responsible for what other people in my community do or other people in my country do. I'm responsible for what I do. The whole rest of the world does not necessarily think like that. I won't be surprised if I get texts or emails from people of you who come from other cultures. A lot of people from, in our church are from other cultures, and they'll be like, yeah, my culture, that's the way it works. That's the way it works. Now, Can of of worms open. Keep that in mind when people are talking to you about slavery and white privilege. That many cultures believe in collective guilt. And listen. I'm not saying you have to agree with them. But listen. And don't feel the need to defend yourself. Just listen. This is our problem that we're having in America. No one is listening to anyone else. They're fighting and they're arguing about everything. And then the news channels are like, I wonder why our ratings are dipping. People are tired of it. They're tired of it. I don't know about you. I would much rather listen to a podcast for an hour than watch an hour of the news. Really? It's just a waste of an hour. I'm like, what was I doing? That was a waste of an hour. Okay, can of worms closed. You see, what I think is happening here, or it's possible it's happening here, and all and dead Bible scholars caught this, we don't, is that understanding the idea of, of collective guilt, Abraham could be flipping it on God saying this, Lord, if you would destroy a city because of the wicked... I understand that. You'll destroy this city of the wicked. I'm going to flip this one on you, God. Would you save it because of the righteous? I mean, doesn't that fit more of your character? Well, you, you, might, you might destroy it for collective guilt, but would you save it for some collective righteousness? See, Lord, they, he's saying, Lord, they need a savior. And if the righteousness, if your righteous people come to you In faith, in your character, will you save that place? You see, long before the cross and resurrection, Abraham believed in the gospel. He believed that even a small group of righteous people could be used by God to save many. I mean, what boldness. What boldness. He says, God, listen. Listen. Are you going to sweep away righteous people with the unrighteous? Because what's Abraham's anchor? Abraham's anchor is this. Far be it from you. I know who you are. And his other anchor is, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? His anchor is the character of God. And when that is your anchor and my anchor we will find that we will be much more stable in our life and people will see it they will see your stability and you won't be walking around in fear all of the time you'll have your moments but you all of a sudden you'll go wait a minute wait a minute far be it from you lord i know you will do right Thousand plus years later, the Lord says this Ezekiel thirty three eleven I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. After Jesus ascended into heaven, the apostle Paul says this, 2 Corinthians five twenty and 21, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us or making his appeal. We implore you, we plead with you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And then that great gospel verse, verse 21, for he, God the Father, made him Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us. He took our sins and put them on top of Jesus on the cross that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We become the righteousness of God in Jesus through faith and trust. How many of you were here and remember our studies in Jonah? Yeah, yeah. Jonah, Jonah probably should have remembered this. Some of us maybe need to remember this, to take a lesson from Abraham and say to God, far be it from you. I know what you are like, Lord. I know that you are a God who loves to save. That word spare can mean forgive, that you love to spare, that you love to forgive even the most ungodly people in this world from judgment. Now notice the middle of verse 25. Abraham is talking about the character of God. And he says, he says these words, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. If you do this, God, the righteous people that live there will be treated like the wicked. Is that, he's saying to God, is that right? And the answer to that question is, is no. But, but what's he doing? Again, he's flipping the principle on God. He's saying, if God, what you're saying to me is that it's, possible that the righteous can become as the wicked, then it's also possible that the wicked can become as the righteous. What's he doing? It's almost funny. He's preaching the gospel to God. (laughs) So what's the problem? Ungodly people, and Jesus and the apostles, taught that apart from trusting Jesus Christ, we're all ungodly, are for the most part oblivious to the judgment of God. Even American Christians, they hate the judgment of God. Even sitting in church, they don't want to hear anything about it. Oh, no, 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 no. All you got to be is good. All you got to be is good. James 2.10 says this, for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has been guilty of it All. How many of you have ever told a lie? Yeah, just a few of you. The rest are just liars. (laughs) That means, that means that you can't get into heaven without the righteousness of God. You failed right there. Right there. God's standard is perfection. Yet Abraham was like Jesus a friend of sinners. I mean, his his nephew, Lot, lives there, but he's so compromised, he's not really making much of a difference. And the truth is, friends, that friends of God are also friends of sinners willing to share their Savior and their faith and their confidence in the character of God, not join them in their wickedness, but be different. Well, from the world needs your righteousness and your involvement to the world needs your savior and your faith, we come to number three. The world needs your compassion and your prayers. And when does it need it? Now. Verse 26, Abraham is praying. So the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place or I'll spare the whole place for their sakes. So God says, okay, Abe, deal, I'll do it. Then Abraham answered and said, and again, it sounds like the flea market, but it's not. Then Abraham answered and said, indeed now, I who am but dust and ashes, I know I'm nothing to talk to you about this stuff, God, have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Now Abraham has a very low view of himself in relation to God. Verse 28, suppose there were five less than 50 righteous. Righteous. Would you destroy all the city for lack of five? So he, the Lord, said, If I find forty five, I will not destroy it. And he, Abraham, spoke to God or to him again and said, Suppose there were forty found there. So he just keeps lowering the number. He's not too confident
0: how many godly people live there. Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.